Well, good morning, everyone, on this cold, gray November day. Uh, we've reached the final Sunday in the church calendar for 2021. Uh, next week, Advent begins, and in the Christian liturgical tradition, Advent marks the beginning of a new year. The year 2021 that has just passed uh, will be one for the history books. And I think I might have said this same thing last year about 2020. I think these two years will merit special attention in the history books. When I was a teenager back in the 1970s, thinking about 2021 seemed like science fiction. The number had a futuristic ring to it, like spaceship futuristic, apocalyptic even. And now here we are on the cusp of 2022. And it does feel a bit apocalyptic. With the serious weather we've been having, with the intense fires this summer and now catastrophic flooding in British Columbia, with the global pandemic that continues on and on, with the dire warnings of climate change getting more dire, we're living, it seems, at a time when it's possible to imagine how the world might end, or perhaps not the world, but human civilization as we know it. It's becoming possible to imagine how some cities may come to an end, how some countries even may come to an end, how things might start to unravel on a grand scale, and it weighs on us. We carry it emotionally and mentally. We can't get away from it. But it's not a brand new thing. Uh, humanity has had these fears before. They're common to our humanity. In the 14th century, um, it seemed as if the Black Plague would wipe us out. And back in the 16th century, uh, some of our Anabaptist forebears were completely convinced that the world would end within their lifetimes. More recently, in the 70s and 80s, I remember feeling quite worried about the nuclear threat. And there was a poster at the time that expressed it well. And I wanna see if you can see this. Uh, this is the poster I'm talking about. Uh, a film to end all films. The most explosive love story ever told. Directed by Henry Kissinger in association with Pentagon Productions. Gone with the wind. There's Ronnie Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. She promised to follow him to the ends of the earth. And he promised to organize it. Well, this was some dark humor in an attempt to temper the anxiety we were feeling at that time. Humans have had these fears um, for, well, throughout history, and the biblical writers had these fears as well, and these imagine, imaginings. Um, they were very mindful of the end of the world, the end of history. And in their time and in their way, 
They imagined this end as a great day of judgment, a day when the Lord would appear to call all people to account. And the Bible is full of these images. For example, James 5, 8 to 9, be patient, strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren and sistren against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. And Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk around naked and man will not see his shame. Well, there are many more. And uh, these bring to mind another end time warning I've seen. Uh, A hippie sort of paraphrase of the biblical exhortations. There's a long haired guy uh, wearing sandals and a headband walking through Central Park carrying a sign, Jesus is coming, look busy. (laughs) I'm not not wanting to make light of these concerns and these scenarios, but sometimes humor is necessary because the fear of the end weighs on us. We're living in an anxious time right now, the end of 2021 when we are contemplating scenarios of future turmoil. And even if we manage to set these anxieties aside for a bit or or project them further out into the future, the one thing we all know we cannot escape is our own personal end, our own eventual decline and death. It's coming for all of us, whether we are prepared to acknowledge it or not. And on Eternity Sunday, this last Sunday of the church year, we pause to reflect on the reality of death. Life as we know it will come to an end. Today, we remember loved ones who have already died and who are no longer with us. And we contemplate our own deaths And we ask ourselves in God's presence, how shall we then live in the time that remains for us? It's not an easy thing to contemplate our own deaths, but it's an important discipline. It's not something that comes naturally. That's why it's a discipline. And as Christians, we're given the courage to do it because of our belief in the resurrection our belief in eternity. We believe as a people that in some way, our death will not be our final end. We believe that God will create new life out of death, that there will be a new state, a new realm of being, a new reality, a new type of body even beyond this life that we know now. And we believe this not only for ourselves, 
but for the whole human race, for the whole planet, for the creatures who have gone extinct. We believe that God is able to make all things new. But in our Christian tradition, this is no reason for complacency. The message is certainly not, the end is near, relax, Jesus is coming. The message is not, look busy, either. Quite the contrary. The message is actually to wake up. Romans says that now is the time to wake from sleep. Shake off your slumber. Make the most of this time. Live consciously with the end in mind. Paul goes on to say, lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And by this, Paul is meaning the selfish and sinful inclinations um, we have as people, not our bodies. When I think of my own death uh, as much as I'm able, I must say I'm not overly worried about the final judgment, about whether I'll go to heaven or whether I'll have to spend some time in the waiting room before I get there, if such places actually exist. I figure that if I live well now, in the light of God's truth, in harmony as much as possible with the purposes of God as I understand them, and with faith in the atoning work of Christ on my behalf, then I believe my future after death, whatever that may be, will be okay. The question is not so much about the future as it is about how to live right now, today. And living with the end in mind, conscious of my own death, conscious of our own deaths, helps us to put things in a good perspective. Time is moving on. The years fly by. Time is not that long, and none of us knows how much we may still have. And so, we would do well to ask ourselves, what still needs to be done? Is there a, is there a relationship that needs to be mended? Is there some money that needs to be given away? Is there a confession that needs to be made? An apology that needs to be offered? An act of kindness or mercy that needs to be done? A prophetic action a social involvement that needs to be taken up. The time for action has its limits. And so may the Holy Spirit speak to us now 
As we take a few moments to contemplate these questions in the silence, please join me. <laughs> 